at work then. We are live on Sinister. Please do not swear. <laughs> do not say. Yeah. <laughs> Please do not say F or bugger. C. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> He's chucking a C in there. Oh. <laughs> Only the C. So we're going to talk about um, talk about serial killers tonight, then, yeah? Yes. Excellent. Uh, the uh, usual Friday night talk. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just the. I'm, I'm worried about you know, uh, CID or MI5 or whatever, smashing the door down. It's the amount of Google searches I've done on serial killers and <laughs> things like that. I think it, it must flag up somewhere, surely. Oh, FBI. They, they could be. <laughs> yeah, they could be a knock at the door. Oh. And he's on the FBI most wanted list now. <laughs> I'll be worried Don't about it. Watch- <laughs> Don't tune into Crime Watch just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's been some really interesting posts recently. Obviously, you've got your folklore and legends book, Vicky. Um, I think some people possibly misconstrued what folklore is over historical fact, potentially. It did cause a little bit of a stir this morning or this afternoon. But, um, yeah, obviously... As we all know, like us three, we talk about different stories, whether they're historical or whether they're folklore or not. And I think a lot of people that follow the group as well sort of know that the folklore stories, obviously, they are they're stories that are passed down through so many people and they get changed so much. So obviously, don't get me wrong, they probably are based on some truth and some facts, but does anybody know the real truth and fact to them? Probably not. You know, the stories are there for people to enjoy and read. Um, if they don't like that and if they've got an opinion on that, then obviously there's certainly a way of wording it. But, um, Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm sure people... once upon a time, some. I'm sure once upon a time someone said, oh, that's a big old dog. And then, you know, down the line, that turned to Black Shuck. You know, <laughs> so these, yeah. these things do, uh, you know, they do get um, skewed a little bit, don't they? Yeah, no, exactly. They definitely do. And um to be like we all we're all here for the same reason, realistically, you know, we all enjoy um different stories from different parts on okay. any sort of oh, sorry, hello the cat. From um yeah, from like any sort of, from all time periods, obviously be it historical, but um and be it myth or fact, or folklore, and I think having that shared interest is what brought us all together, and yeah, you know, as long as people are still enjoying it, and they still like what they read, then we'll still keep going with what we do. Yeah, 100%, absolutely. Um, and also, a member mentioned about that uh, Cecil Hotel, didn't they? I think that we, I think we've, we've all seen that now, haven't we? I think so. Yeah, I think, definitely. Have you both watched it? Yeah. I, I have, yeah. What I like about the last two of those um, Netflix documentaries I've seen is that it, it doesn't really, it, it, in the end, it, it kind of changes what it's all about. So the, the the Yorkshire Ripper one, for example, it wasn't about, you know, we all knew that Peter Sutcliffe was who he was. We all knew that he got a call, etc. What we didn't potentially know was that the, um, the sort of male bias in the press um, and the uh, inequalities essentially in the investigation made it a bit of an absolute nightmare. And the same with the Cecil Hotel thing, you know, you, you could have Googled what happened to Elise, but what mm-hmm. we didn't know was that these so-called, what they call them, web sleuths, hmm. interfering yeah. and, and, you know, coming up with these ridiculous conspiracy theories and putting two and two together and making five, you know, I think that's that's where the problem lied with it. You know, it wasn't about her, mm. essentially. It was about, you know, these so-called well, YouTubers and influencers and all them sort of people, you know, sticking their oar in um, and, and causing mm-hmm. problems. You know, it's fun to speculate, I suppose, sometimes. Like, like today, we're going to talk about serial killers, but we're not going to solve anything. <laughs> we're not going to... No. Well, we are going to put our across at the end, but... Um, you know, we're not going to solve any crimes, are we? No, definitely not. I think as well, like, I do, I've got a sort of different opinion to you on that. Like, I do, I agree with what you said. I think 
they made it so much harder, obviously, for the investigation. And I know Julie's got, Julie thought a lot about the web sleuths and stuff as well. But um, what I also thought, obviously, I know it's um, like a clash of culture and or things like that. But what also sort of not not annoyed me or anything like that, because obviously I can't talk for how anyone feels or how anyone um how you can perceive a situation but I was shocked at the end that it took the family so long to reveal such vital evidence about her mental health not obviously I I can understand obviously they they might have felt shame and it's not um accepted obviously to give your problems to everybody to sort of feast on in their culture but how big that case was and how much that sort of swamped everywhere and had everyone talking and caught all that attention which probably made the family go through sort of more turmoil from having all that attention from the youtubers etc i think i don't know maybe even for their own peace of mind it probably could have helped them a lot sooner as well if they maybe could have given that information sooner but then i don't know i suppose because of how big the media made it as well and obviously everyone online it sort of spiraled it didn't it well, I suppose it's a vicious circle, wasn't it, really? Because, yeah, like you say, if, if they'd, you know, given up that <clears throat> vital information in the beginning, then all those web sleuths and YouTubers and whatever wouldn't have, you know, started making up their own stories, basically. I think they yeah. do love a conspiracy, though, don't they? Loads. I mean, I love a good conspiracy, but, you know. No, I know what you mean. Like, it was sort of... I know when they started saying about the TB and stuff, it, I, I did, when that man said, like, don't get me wrong, you can, whether you, whether you follow those theories or not, it still does make you scratch your head and think, hmm, like, it's a strange coincidence. But yeah, what I thought was really interesting as well, which has sort of made me want to look up more about it, is um the Skid Row and like the history, obviously it's famous anyway for what it is, but I bet there's so many stories and gruesome stories as well that probably in that area I think that'd be quite interesting to like research and look into more yeah I'm totally with you there I, you know I never knew about Skid Row well I'd, I'd heard of it I've never realized it was a real place yeah. but now we know. and um blimey yeah what a uh, what a tragic place it is mm. I thought hotel right in the middle I just thought Skid Row was something that they had during the depression you know, when people couldn't afford homes and food, and they, I just thought it was an expression like, oh, you're on Skid Row now. I didn't realise it was actually a real place. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, same as you, Julie. I had no idea. But now, now we know. It's, um, yeah, a bit tragic, really. Bit Maybe tragic. we could yeah. do a podcast about it. We could. It could be in the making. <laughs> That's a good idea, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah. But today yeah. is all about serial killers, so who wants to kick off? It okay. is. Um, are you ready to go, Julie? Yeah, yeah, I've got my notes. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> right, you go ahead. I'll <laughs> drink my coffee. Okay. Right. Um, I'm doing Amelia Dyer, who was a baby farmer um, in Victorian England, and estimates are up to 400 plus babies and children died in her care um because illegitimacy was such a frowned upon thing in victorian england if you had an illegitimate baby you had to get either adopt them into the family and pretend you know they were always there or you paid someone to take your child and adopt it on for you or look after it for you um, and this is what Dyer did. And she used to charge £5 for the privilege, which you think in Victorian times is an awful lot of money. Mm. Wow. Uh, and um, she would move a lot so that she could avoid detection. But um, she was actually trained as a nurse, so she should have had a bit of caring and consideration in there somewhere, but uh, you know, she didn't. Um, you would have thought so. Well, yeah, but I think it was all about the money with her, though. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, Do you think Bree sort of ended up taking over? 
Yeah, yeah. That's such a high number. Look, that's shockingly high. I definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's they. I think they worked that out on how many. Uh, I mean, she took in twenty children in about a month, so they were working it out on how long she'd been going at it and how the many children. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, she used to strangle them with dressmaking tape. Um, and but then um, she got caught because she she put a baby in the Thames at Reading, but she hadn't weighted it down properly, and the the baby was found and that had her address on the packing parcel stuff that was on round the baby, and that's how she got caught. Got traced back to her. Yeah. So were, were people paying her five pounds to adopt their babies, not paying her five pounds to kill their babies? No, just to adopt them. Well, it was to take them and then maybe adopt them onto childless couples or to look right. after them her, their, herself. But yeah, usually she would kill them as soon as she'd taken them away from their, their mums. So she didn't have all that hassle with them. But if she did keep them, she would sedate them with booze and opiates like laudanum and things like that just to keep them quiet but yeah but it's, it was it was quite hard reading because obviously you realize that all those babies were killed because yeah because society was frowning on their mums for having a baby when she wasn't married mm-hmm. so it sort of yeah. falls into that sort of category of where even though obviously Amelia Dyer is to blame because she's the murderer but then it's also society plays a factor don't it of the situation that it was put on the people really at that time yeah and it was so it was always the women no disrespect Andy but it was (laughs) it was always the women because the men could just run off couldn't they if they didn't want anything to do with the child they could just run off so yeah Wow. Yeah, so it's also it, 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 yeah, it was a result of society um, mm-hmm. kind of led it led her to, to do that. Really, she, she saw a, um, a an opening essentially to make some money. Mm-hmm. She took the sinister way out and killed it. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, but if the fa- if the mums gave them anything like clothes or any possessions for the baby, she would pawn them to get the money for them as well. So it was greed, really. Yeah, she seems very cold. Like there's no, there's no warmth whatsoever. She's selling all the possessions, obviously, and she's murdering them. But yeah, there seems no sort of attachment or um, no care at all. Like, no, so, yeah, all. definitely very cold. Was she executed, yeah. Julie? Yeah, yeah, she was hung um, wow. in. Uh, June 19, uh, 1986, 1896. <laughs> um, she was arrested in April, but they only um, charged her with one murder because they couldn't prove all the other ones. Um, but she, it, only, it took four and a half minutes for the jury to find her guilty. So, well, they weren't silly then. No. But, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah. He might as well have just stayed in the court and gone, she did it. Did it say if she, like, had any um, sort of, like, last words or what her state was as she was, like, going up there or anything like that? Well, um, Sometimes before, you can find them, can't you? Yeah, she, before she, while she was on death row, essentially... She filled mm-hmm. up um, several exercise books with what she called her last true and only confession. So that oh. would be quite interesting to read. Yeah, it definitely sounds like she had a lot to get off her chest if she's managed to fill up seven exercise books. Yeah. So, but so, mm. yeah, I'll have to have a look and see if I can find a book about her. Go yeah, to, with definitely. all the other books that I've got about serial killers oh. and things. <laughs> the collection. Yeah. When lockdown's over, that'll be good to be able to visit the um like national archive centres and stuff as well, because there's only so much you can request online. So I think that'd be quite cool to see. I reckon you can find loads of stuff there. Yeah. But um yeah, she um they because of her and 
other baby farmers, they changed the adoption laws. Adoption laws? Because, oh, really? yeah, because oh. I suppose you could just give them to anybody before, but then um, it, local authorities had to be involved before anyone could be adopted. So, um, uh, well, at least that's one positive thing then that came out of it that it, yeah. obviously it actually made people aware that they should monitor it properly. Well, mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know what she did with the rest of the bodies. I don't know if she told anybody. But did they find any, like a burial ground or anything, like at her, um, no, I suppose did she, if she um, was throwing them in the Thames, so all the river. And she moved a quite a lot as well. So if she was burying them in the back garden and then she moved house, they wouldn't be yeah, able to keep track gonna... of... No. And it's it not, not like that, but it's such a long time ago as well, isn't it? Obviously, they don't, it's not like they'd probably have a, a system like we have where it's so easy to look up where people have lived and previous mm. addresses and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh. And she, she used quite a lot of aliases as well. So that would be another reason why it would be quite hard to find out where she lived because she probably gave a different name for every house. Do you know so, anything about her upbringing or anything? No, I know she was one of five children, but other than that, um, probably the, the same as, you know, a lot of Victorian children, quite hard work mm -hmm. and being stuck up a chimney from the age of three or four or in a mill or something. So, you know, it's, as you're gonna, we're going to talk about later, it's whether it's you're made a serial killer or you just turn into one through circumstances, isn't it? Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah um, no. I mean, probably because you, they, she, you know, her parents probably died when she was young, and she probably had to look after herself. So, you know, there probably wasn't much information going around about her family. But, yeah, she, no, and then that takes. Sorry. Yeah, it's yeah, but yeah. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, no, it is, and it's. Quite not, it's quite unheard of because obviously you normally see a woman as I don't mean to be stereotypical, but obviously it is normally the woman that you see as like the do you know the stereotypical caregiver, so to speak, yeah. the maternal yeah. like you know, you don't hurt nobody ever wants to hurt children, obviously, but especially for a woman to hurt babies, I think it sort of makes it even more like, yeah, but well, then maybe. I remember Sorry, my mum saying um, when Myra Hindley and Ian Brady were doing their, their stuff in the 60s, up until then you were always told don't go off with strange men because you could yeah. trust women. They were maternal and they would look after you. But then after Myra Hindley, it was just don't go off with strangers because you can't trust anybody. Yeah, it's um, sort of open Yeah, because like you say, yeah. women are supposed to be maternal, aren't they? Yeah, that is, yeah, that is sort of like that sort of stereotypical role that you sort of grow up with, isn't it? So, you know, yeah. your mum's the one that you sort of go to cuddles for and your dad's the one that you have a joke with or whatever, you know, sort of like that. But, oh, yeah, that's crazy, though. That is, yeah, she's not a nice woman at all, Julie. No, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately I had to pick someone Victorian because of Jack the Ripper obsession, so um, I apologise for that. Oh no, 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 no not at all. I reckon yeah. maybe also like a life of poverty, like you said, and then that that little that as soon as she had that taste and that you know she got the chance to live that live a life, I suppose, where she hasn't got to worry about every single thing and where food and everything is coming from, and it just yeah consumed her. Yeah, but the thing was, she had she had children of her own, but she didn't kill them. Oh really? Yeah, actually, um, her daughter turned evidence against her at the trial. Oh, so, yeah, mind you, I would yeah. if that was my mum as well, to be fair. Yeah, no, definitely. That's really interesting, though. That's sort of, yeah, that's um, like swayed my opinion on her, though. Not swayed my opinion, but obviously she must, she must have some... There must be something in there for her mm -hmm. not to kill her own children, though, as well. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe was that escape from life. Yeah, maybe it was just the money. 
yeah crazy yeah yeah the value of the life for money and money overcome the life well yeah and no one could go to the police with suspicions because then they'd be suspected themselves because they'd had a illegitimate child so it was catch 22 really yeah like a vicious circle i suppose Mm -hmm. yeah so but she um a doctor was suspicious of her and reported her and that's that's when her downfall started and then obviously they found the baby wrapped up in something that came out of her house. So that didn't help. But um, <laughs> more concrete proof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's oh, a, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I found well, it very interesting. I'm, I'm trying to see when you know when um, people get away with it more and more and more, they they get really complacent. Either because you know it's just getting easier for them. And they, you know, they, they sort of trip up on, on the details, or it's because they actually want to get caught. Sometimes, yeah. like, you know, I've, I've killed like over whatever 20 people now. Have you, Andy? I'm counting. Yeah. Yeah, just two more. <laughs> yeah. um, oh. Sorry, go on, Julie. It's all right. No, it's just. You, you, I mean, I watch a lot of documentaries about serial killers, and some of them do put themselves in the investigation as well, don't they? They they sort of need mm-hmm. to know what's happening and things. And maybe that's part of they want to get caught, you know, or they like they the attention. They want the control of it, don't they? Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. It is. It's like the attention and the control. But mm. it's like, because you find a lot of, I think, well, not a lot of them, but... There's been a few cases, hasn't there, where obviously the murderer has then been on telly. Like, obviously, there was, um, is it Ian Huntley when yeah. he was on telly? And um, there was oh, another American one. I don't know if it's quite well known or not, but he ended up, it was a girl that was on his college campus. <laughs> and then um, they've just discovered her body and they're like recording. And yeah, they tell him that they've just found this girl's body, asked him about her. And obviously, he was the one that killed her. Yeah. yeah, strange, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's strange. Yeah, I'd be hiding under the bed if I accidentally killed somebody. Don't take me. The press getting Ian Huntley to do an interview. There's a re- I can't remember the name of the book now. He's like the, the spider something catcher or whatever. Um, oh, on this, look it up. But it's a really, it's really interesting book written by a criminal psychologist that they actually got Ian Hunt because they, they, they had their suspicions. So they asked the press to kind of, yeah. you know, ask him or interview him just so they could kind of profile yeah. him there, like, you know, there and then. And from the signs he gave in that interview, they just knew that it was him. Um, and they followed up and obviously it, it was him. Um, so the, the psychology behind it really fascinates me. There's so much depth to it. Um, if, you know, it's really if, clever. If you haven't before, sorry, I'm telling the cat not to come down. Um, if you haven't seen it before, fake. Uh, there's a program called Faking It: Tears of a Crime. Right. They have they have um, like a profiler on there, um, someone who specialises in body language, and um, someone who can pick up inflections in speech and things. That's been really interesting. They did one on Jimmy Savile. Blimey. I know. Oh, that does um, sound interesting. And they they were saying that. You, you can tell by body, like if they're fiddling around with their fingers or their their legs are moving, that's a sign of maybe suspicion or tension and all that sort of stuff. It's really really interesting. But they, Ooh. yeah, so you need, need to a little out. bit targeted. <laughs> I re- I always talk with my hat. I'm quite like I'm quite awkward in person, and I talk with my hands, and I overcompensate a lot. But I'm, okay. not, I'm not suspicious. I haven't killed anyone. I'm just awkward. <laughs> just, just trying not but, to yeah. strangle anybody. I'll try. Yeah, like, <laughs> <I ain't> strangle. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's really interesting. You need to I think it's if you've got Discovery Plus, it's on there. If not, it's on Sky sometimes. Oh, I'll see if I can oh, find that it. That does sound yeah. good. Yeah. Mm. So but I know the, the Jimmy Savile one's on Discovery Plus. That was very interesting. Ooh. I know. I'm gonna, yeah, we'll have to watch it. We'll have to add it to the watch list. Yes. Um, if you what are you, 
I'm going to bring it obviously back up. Well, I'm going to bring it back up a little bit more modern now. So we've moved from sort of Victorian times to a little bit more modern. It's not, it's still a past case, but um, obviously seeing as we are sinister sides Norfolk, I thought I'd try and um, find someone that's linked in with Norfolk in a way. But um, I'm going to talk about Stephen Gerald James Wright, uh, who is obviously known as the Suffolk Strangler or the Ripper, some tabloids called him as well. But um, he was actually born in Norfolk in April 1958, and he is an English serial killer, and he is serving life imprisonment when he killed five women um, in Ipswich, and the killings took place in 2006, but he wasn't found guilty until 2008. Um, yeah, but we've got a little bit, I've got some background information on him. Um, Wright's dad was a military policeman who raised Wright and his siblings in Norfolk. Uh, Wright's mother left when he was six years old, uh, but both of his parents remarried, and it was said that obviously they had a happy home life and his father went on to have two more children. Um, he actually had quite a few jobs as well. Um, he was in the Navy um, he also had a pub in Norwich. He worked on, um, I think it's a ship called the QE2. Um, and prior to his arrest, he was a forklift driver. But um, I think sort of, I know obviously no one's got a sort of stereotypical look, but I think sort of hearing about him, he sounds like he's got a very sort of average, average life. You know, you wouldn't sort of think anything's sort of, that wrong or you know that abnormal but um it was actually claimed that he had big debt problems gambling problems and a big drink problem as well um his only prior conviction before the murderers was theft and that was due to his debt um yeah i i've got quite a lot of i'm not going to go into massive details um obviously about the murders and stuff but um, he did murder five women around Ipswich. Um, they were working in the sex industry and obviously he'd call upon their services and they were all last seen within the Ipswich area. I've got locations. If if anybody wants me to mention locations or I can post them, then that's fine. Um, but he was arrested on suspicion of murder on the 19th of December 2006 and he was charged with the murders of all five women on the 21st of December and they linked him with forensic evidence. Um, I think they found some fibres. Um, from his car. I'm not 100%. That's it. I think so, Julie. They found some fibres in his car. Um, but he ple he pled not guilty, although he admitted to having sex with all five victims. But obviously he claimed that it was due to the work. Mm. Um, and it actually then came out as well during the trial that he'd been using... Um, sex workers since the 1980s but I think obviously it's a big coincidence that he managed to have been linked with all these five women anyway whether you use those services or not but um yeah oh um fiber evidence apparently was also found so I think that's what you saw that in the car Julie they found the fibers and uh he was then found guilty on the 21st of February in 2008 and he was sentenced the following day to life imprisonment with a recommendation that he should never be released. Good. But, um, yeah, definitely. Like, I can, if you want, I'll quickly go through the victims. Um, there's not too much on them, but obviously it just then gives their names as well. But um, there was Tania Nicole, who was only 19. She was born in Kesgrave, and she was last seen on West End Road in Ipswich. Then there was Gemma Rose Adams, who was 25, when she was last seen living in Ipswich as well. Um, Anneli, obviously, I'm sorry if I pronounced the names wrong as well. Um, Anneli Sarah Alderton, aged 24, and she was a mother of one and also in the early stages of pregnancy. She was living in Colchester, but she was last seen on a train um, leaving Manantry and then going to Ipswich. Yeah. And then um, there's Annette Nichols, who was 29. She was a mother of one as well. And she was from Ipswich and she was last seen in the town centre. And then the last victim was um, 
obviously, forgive my pronunciation again, Paula Lucille Clennell, and she's 24, or she was 24, sorry, um, born in Northumberland and living in Ipswich. And she disappeared on the 10th of December. She was last seen in Ipswich at approximately midnight, um, but her body was found near Levington on the same day as Nichols. Um, I, I think, obviously, to the title and what when we were discussing about whether we think, obviously, murder is a man-made or biological, I think sort of if you've got those tendencies to be violent um, or to sort of react in a way that you can't, I don't know, maybe handle normal situations, I don't think, I don't think every, it doesn't mean everyone's going to be a murderer. It doesn't mean you're going to be a mass murderer or you're going to kill someone. But I do think, obviously, things can happen in your life that may trigger, um, I don't know, maybe mental states that then obviously combined with things like that. I think those are what triggers. Obviously, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a criminologist. I've read up on a lot of research sort of about um, people where they've been studying biology and the makeup of certain areas in the brain. Um, but yeah, I d- yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone's born evil. I don't think, yeah, I don't think no one is born evil. I think it definitely is factors of sort of what you go through and how how your brain then handles it. Maybe there are um, cases of mental health that goes through a family, like um, yeah, even addictions can go through families. Like if your mum or dad's an alcoholic, you know. There's a chance yeah. you could be one as well. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of it is you've got, even if your parents are completely off the wall, is there a point where you say to yourself, I'm not going to be like them. I'm going to make a life for myself and be better. So I think it's... Yeah, definitely. There's you know, the uh, contradiction, I suppose, because a lot of these... And I'm going to talk about a couple of examples in a minute. And I think, generally speaking, I think you know, none of them wake up and go, "Yeah, I'm going to become a you know serial killer today." And it mm-hmm. tends to start decades before, you know, with with other things going on. And there is that crossroads, isn't there? Like you just said, Julie, the the fork in the road almost. It's like, right, do I make myself better, or do mm-hmm. I become an absolute socio or psychopath? Mm-hmm. Um, and go down some real kind of sinister route. So that there's obviously something in the mind yeah. that does. Um, and a lot of serial killers, a lot of the ones I've been researching, all, all fairly modern, fairly, fairly recent ones we would have heard of. In most cases, the you know the in, in, well, in the three I've looked at, the neighbours always say, "Oh, he's such a lovely bloke." Oh, they always say that, don't they? (laughs) Really respected, um, you know, and and everyone's always surprised. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. someone. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's he's got dodgy eyebrows. This is the 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 friendly neighbour or the local gardener or something like that. That's really cool. He's, you know, uh, he's always digging up part. his garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Always a surprise. But, um, you know, something, I, I think something has happened to shape these people. Maybe they're, maybe they're not born that way. Um, but something certainly has happened either, you know, in their childhood or in their past or whatever. Um mm-hmm. To, to make it that way. So this this guy in Ipswich, I remember Vicky, the guy in Ipswich, I remember it you know quite well in the press at the time. Um and I think yeah like, he was referred to as the Ipswich Ripper. Um yeah because it was it was prostitutes. So why you know why prostitute? What you know these people mm-hmm. might feel they have this um duty to clean up the streets of um of prostitutes mm-hmm. or or whatever, and they, they feel like they're, they're doing a service rather than actually being what they are, which is well, serial killers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot it's of people, a strange way of... Sorry, uh, go on, Julie, you're right. Sorry, darling. A lot of 
the serial killers that I've seen documentaries about, they've either, uh, they seem to have a problem with their parents. They, they've either got a domineering mm -hmm. mum or a really strict, you know, really strict father or their parents are split up. I mean, I'm not justifying being a serial killer at all, but how many millions of people have got a mum who's like a proper old nag? And they, yeah. they don't turn into serial killers. I mean, this is all been tearing me apart. For a start. Yeah, it's been yeah. tearing me apart because, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people can say their mums are a, a nag or whatever, but something happens, something breaks, something gets to a situation where it's like, you know, I'm I'm going off now. Um, yeah. Can I move on to my? I've got yeah. three really, really quick ones. Um, yeah. So first one I looked at. But uh, Peter Moore, also known as the Man in Black, um, he was a Welsh man, again, sort of pillar of the community. He was opening up, um, his, his parents owned a nice big house in, in Wales and they basically turned the ground floor of the house into a hardware shop. Um, Peter was opening um, small cinemas, he was a real film buff um, and he was, he was a liked person. Um, but going back, and, and this was all in, in the 1990s. Um, but essentially, Peter, uh, yeah, Peter was was gay. He was a, a closet homosexual. Um, his dad was a, a, an ex-military man, so very sort of domineering. His mum absolutely, you know, I'm going to use the phrase "overmothered" him <laughs> in, uh, in in his forties, and his mum was still sort of trying to pamper him and everything else. Um, so I, th I think his dad died first, and when his his, his mum passed away, he, he just he just lost it. He mutilated and stabbed. It was four four men, um, but he sexually assaulted around thirty nine to forty other men, oh. um, all all within the sort of locality of his of his village. Um, and, and, and he was very sort of open about it. I think, again, like I said earlier, he almost, from the sounds of it, he almost wanted to get caught. But his sort of turning was that, you know, he, he was he was dominated by his father. He was overmothered by his mum. And a lot of the, the, the killings, it was said on this, on, on the reason for doing it, he almost says that it was, it was payback to his dad, you know, he, the, the, the abuse that his dad used to give him was um, replicated, but obviously tenfold in, in the murder. Mm. Same with, um, uh, I've mentioned him already, Fred West, you know, everyone's favorite local builder. <laughs> you know, he was, he was born into a family where incest, molestation and, and rape were rife, wasn't it, you know? It was. It was almost. Yeah. You know, the, the the first time he he went to um, he was arrested, arrested for um, rape or molestation. He pretty much said to the police, "Well, don't we all do it?" You know. He again had a very sort of overbearing mother, um, and she protected him to the point where when it went to court after he raped his sister and impregnated her. His mum, she stood, um, she sort of testified in his defence. And his sister didn't want to testify, so the, the case just kind of fell through. Um, and, and that was the beginning of this, you know, what, what we all know today about, you know, where it went. He, he, he had, obviously, image issues. He, he started selling his birthday. He had a motorbike crash. Um, and that affected his uh, sort of frontal lobe, that front, it affected his judgment. Um, and he just didn't seem to care. And towards the end, he almost didn't be caught. He, I think he, he even said, like, well, you, you found all these bodies now. Phew. Um, can I go? You know, and he's like, no, 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 no. You, you've done something really wrong. And he just sort of didn't know about it. Yeah. And because he was this sort of, you know, and because the, the first sort of two examples of their normal kind of working class people, um, you know, and it was almost a big, big surprise. And then you've got Harold Shipman, who, oh. you know, Dr. Death, you know, over, we know of over 260 people 
probably more. When he was uh, a teenager, he was very kind of aloof. His mum would tell him, you know, at, when he could play with others, who we could play with, and how we could play with them. Um, and he, he was he was led to believe, and he was raised to to believe that he was better than everyone else. Uh, his his mum got got lung cancer, and I think he was in his sort of mid-teens. And he saw the, the doctor come round. She was in her final moments. The doctor um, administered morphine to make his mum more comfortable. And that obviously led to her passing away. It was from then that he decided, right, I want to be a doctor. Um, and that's how he killed all of his victims, through dying morphine. Um, and again, that sort of, to, you know, from what I've seen, that links back to his mum. It links back to his, his dad in a certain sense. So he was just—he just felt like he wasn't doing anything wrong. He felt like he was doing a service, and, and, and all those examples, I think, really do lead back to events in childhood, um, or possibly DNA, where they were almost destined to become serial killers. I think the thing with Fred West is him and Rose were both very damaged, and. You know, I think that they sort of triggered off one another. It was, you know, who who was the most messed up out of the two of them, I think. I think that's what it came down to. And I think both of them were in fear that the other would would kill them. So they had to show this kind of dominance. It was almost like a, um, a com not competition, yeah, so it was like a competition to, be, to see who could be the most vile person. Mm -hmm. um, just to you know, keep between them, keep it stamping that authority on what were they doing and what what, what they were doing because they they got in so deep, didn't they? That, that yeah, there was no way out of it. And 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 I think as well, Fred was also trying to almost impress Rose. And the second that she stood in court and said it was all in, you know, blah blah blah. And as soon as she sort of severed that tie, he just gave up. And then obviously. Yeah. You know, as we all know, he, he before he was, you know, before he was uh, tried, he um, he committed suicide. Yeah, so I think she um, she was very, uh, you know, she was a prostitute as well, wasn't she? And I think that was a way of controlling Fred. Yeah, she had a see, she forced into it though. I see. I I don't know a lot. I've watched a few things. Um, I watched one, and actually, there was a really interesting one on, and it was about um, they sort of touched upon about when she was in prison. I think also with um, she was in prison with somebody else, and they had like a brief encounter. That's it, Judy. Yeah. Um, but that was a good um program but yeah i don't know much, i don't know much about the west i've watched a few things um but i'm not as clued up because didn't she sleep with her dad or i don't know i don't want to say sleep because obviously yeah. i don't know if yeah. it was forced or paid or what but um wish yeah i think she was abused quite a lot weren't she yeah yeah yeah, yeah she was yeah i mean yeah. two yeah. of the two two of the children that lived in the the west home were mixed race that she'd had right. with, she'd either had an affair or it was one of her clients. So I remember the, the news. Yeah. Yeah, she was very messed up as much as him, and it was, mm. it was the, almost the perfect pairing or the, the worst pairing. Worst, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and it led to the death. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of the cases, it was people that, you know, when we had both finished. Um, torturing, molesting, raping, whatever—they they were killing. You know, they're starting to require. Suddenly, it's like, right, we're, we're done with you now. Um, you're uh, you're going to die. Go down yeah. to the boat, and you're going to die. Yeah. And that's it. And it. You know, there was no sort of two ways about it. Um, terrible, terrible people. But they're—he's um, his first wife and their daughter went missing yeah. um, and um, they found out that because she tried, Rose tried to say it was Fred that had killed him but he was in prison at the time so they were saying that that was probably Rose's first killings um, I think it was his, da his daughter was one. Of, you know, I think their daughter was Rose's first killing yeah. um, 
So they that, that they had a daughter together, or I think they had about six kids together. Oh, yeah. um, so one of their daughters, I think their middle daughter, she uh, Rose killed her whilst he was in prison yeah. uh, for, for some other case. His first wife, um, I believe, she was pregnant. Um, he killed and mutilated her um, and buried her in a in a field um, along with another person. So I think he'd, he'd already killed two, possibly three people mm. before he even met Rose. Oh, um, okay. And then he, he met Rose and then they started the, um, uh, the well, everything they did. <laughs> well, stuff. yeah, it was... Um... I mean, definitely read up on them, Vicky. They are um, yeah. unusual, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know when – so I know that I've I've sort of got ideas and, like, things are dotted, but, no, I definitely need to read more to mm. sort of, like, to get the full story and the full sort of, like, timeline and everything that's going on. But there was some really um, – there was some other research, actually, which sort of, like, reminds me of – when we were saying about like being abused and stuff. So he was a psychologist and, or no, not a psychologist. He was, um, so he works with like genetics and biology and things like that. And he was studying obviously the human brain um, and he was studying which parts um, obviously may not react as much or um, have the same basically the activity in the different parts of the brain to see if they lacked anything um in your responses obviously to uh like making decisions or acting um violent and things like that and when he so he had to um do scans on his own on himself and his own family i think it was um so he could look more into the alzheimer's uh gene or something like that that was in the brain um, and he actually found out from his research that he contained all of the factors and the warning signs in the brain activity that give you the strong indication that that person has got the makings of being a serial killer. And yeah, oh, wow. he was like, yeah, and he, I'll, <laughs> I'll have to find his name and I'll put mm. it on the comments. But this is what he was saying. He was saying, like, his his whole career and his work of, like, 20, 30 years was now basically sort of laughing him in the face. And because he's testified against people in court saying, well, your brain shows that you can do this, so you must be able to do it. You must have been nah. born with those feelings to yeah. hurt those people. And then he said it wasn't until that he got his own results back that it made him think, okay, well... I have all of those, but I haven't hurt anyone like that. Mm. I haven't killed anyone like that, and I don't react like that. And it then actually had to make him go, not, oh, don't want to say reconsider, but obviously mm. because he obviously put work in. And obviously, yeah, he's done more theories that support the fact that your, your brain may be wired that way, but then mm. you also have to go through certain events in your life that will then make your brain react to then act that way. I'll find the name of what yeah. he is and you can read obviously better than what how I've explained it. But yeah. it's very interesting obviously and especially if you sort of if you do believe the notion of, you know, you're not controlled by your biology in how you act, then yeah, read it. But um mm. yeah, I'd yeah. It's it was like we were saying about if if you've got damaged parents uh, mm -hmm. You know, at some point you've got to decide, do I go and make a life for myself and be normal, get a job, get married, have children, or mm -hmm. do I just turn into a psychopath or an alcoholic yeah. or a drug addict or whatever? Um, it's, you know. It, and blame it on not, everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do we reckon then? Are serial killers born or are they formed, they made? Formed, I think. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, yeah, I think formed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think do formed. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I no, I think... Spoken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the voice has spoken. No, but I think, definitely, I think, yeah, we're, we're sort of open-minded, I think, in that sense, that we can see it from that side. But yeah, maybe you... We haven't... 
we haven't had many comments because I wasn't sure if there were, we were going to have obviously conflicting comments of people that could give their opinion on whether they, you know, say so that we could obviously talk back as well. But um, yeah, there, there's only been two comments and they're just saying hi. So hi. Hello. Oh, hello. Um, Facebook but, user. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if obviously people want to comment and let us know what they think, then... Yeah, go for it. We will still. We're always up for a debate. You know what we're like. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you both. I think they're definitely man-made. Man-made. Yeah, man-made. Yeah, and we definitely need to do a, a chat about the Cecil Hotel as well. Mm. It, just, <laughs> it wasn't just um, Elisa Lamb that was there. Apparently, um, Richard Ramirez stayed there. The night stalker. Uh, mm -hmm. oh, yes. I wish I had a pentagram. Yeah. 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 How Satan. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, apparently there was quite a few murders there and people throwing out of windows and committing suicide. So maybe it's just be it's built somewhere that's cursed or mm -hmm. like everything mm -hmm. else in Are America. Indian American burial grounds. It could be. Well, yeah, um, um, they based one of the series on that hotel, didn't they, of American Horror Story? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no, literally, like Julie said, there is, even though obviously um, the Eliza Lamb is the big case at the moment on there, that's got it's got a shocking history, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. What yeah. that woman, there's a part on, on the documentary that um, a lady said at the end of it, she's the lady with the short grey hair, and it just made it for me when she said, like, um, people might uh, take hold of it and say from a paranormal um, sort of sense and say, you know, um, the place is covered. It's got bad energy. It sucks people in. There's something here. But with a place that's full of so much sort of suffering and everything that's gone on there, she said, mm. that is the bad energy. Like you walk in there and you feel that energy, you feel that change um, sort of in atmosphere. And obviously it's because the place is filled with death and yeah. horrible things that happen in, in there. And obviously, yeah. So yeah, she did definitely hit the nail on the head of saying, you know, it doesn't just have to be paranormal. A place of suffering is a place of bad energy, and you can pick that up, definitely. Um, I, I, yeah. I did say to the other half that I would quite like to stay there, but then I saw the state of the sheets, so I'm not is going that... to... <laughs> Don't drink the, um, don't don't drink drink the, the water. water. <laughs> yeah. When that woman, I'm sorry, I'm just going to have a little rant. When well, no. that woman said, I was drinking the water and I was brushing my teeth and I thought, it, but it was brown. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you were brushing your teeth and drinking water that was brown. Just go to the shop and buy a bottle of water. Like, you're such a... I'm, I don't want to call people a liar, but she was blatantly a liar. You did not drink yeah. that water. Would anyone drink brown water? No. No. Well, they if they have to, obviously, but if you don't, if you don't have to... <laughs> well, they you? have adverts like that on the TV. <laughs> don't, drink the, don't drink the bad water. <laughs> exactly. Same as stay away from the yellow snow. Don't drink the brown water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just don't, don't do it. Just don't no, do it. Exactly. No. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, I think we should definitely do something um about yeah, about the um Cecil Hotel, because that would be really good. I'm off to watch American Horror Story Hotel again because now yeah, I know it's based on Cecil. Yeah, I didn't realise. Didn't realise. Um, so I, I, I can't see the names, just as Facebook user, but um, no. someone saying, uh, very informative, thank you very much. And I'm not sure if it's man made or behaviour related. Um, That's all. No. Um, so man made or behaviour related. So uh, I would say that. The, the behaviours are sort of man-made, aren't they? And it leads to that behaviour mm. where they do become a serial killer. Mm. No, definitely. Yeah, I think sort of, especially if your behaviours and your emotions control you, you're sort of fighting a losing battle as well, aren't you? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, that, um, I was telling you about that um, programme that I was watching about Ed Kemba, the co-ed killer in America. He absolutely hated his mum. 
And every mm. woman that he killed was a representation of his mum. But then he killed her in the end anyway. So, But um, mm. if he'd have just done that to start with, then all those other girls might have lived. But, um, no, his mum was... Or if she made him sleep in the basement, he was. She told him he was the devil. You know, she was really, really horrible. Mm. But, I mean, I won't go it's into that, details about what he did to her, but um, yeah, I think she he that she made him what he was. Yeah, no, I think in those so in cases summary, as we well. Can, we can blame the parents. Don't say that because our kids might become serial killers and then it'll be our fault. So don't say that. Oh, well, oh you know God, Judy, I'll be sleeping with one eye open now tonight then. <laughs> yeah. You see a shadow that looks like psycho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't. I don't know. It's my sister, not, actually. It's It's, I don't know. But yeah, it's interesting. I, I, yeah, it'd no. be interesting to see what everybody thinks. Anyway, yeah, yeah we can always reply. Yeah, the, 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 I think this will be on the stream, won't it, for a while? So people can put their comments, and we can answer them and give our yeah. opinions for what they're worth. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Um, obviously, we can wrap it up if you like. We've been live for nearly an hour. Um, but yeah, it's been lovely to you both. And it's been really nice, obviously, coming back and doing the lives again because it's been a while. Oh, all of a sudden, there's all comments coming through. I'll pop them up on the screen quickly because I don't <laughs> want to finish it. Um, uh, so, oh, this is my, it's my sister. That's awful. It's me, Vic <laughs> Kaylee. I am loving your podcast. Very good. Thank you, Kyle. I was then. I was going to say, just as you were saying about the psycho, about my sister, when we uh, were younger. Oh I, no! <laughs> we'd just been watching it, the clown, and um, uh, yeah. I was petrified of that. That gave me nightmares and Freddy Krueger. But um, I told my sister <laughs> that I was going to come out of her bed like um, it, the clown, and I was going to kill her in her sleep, and she didn't go sleep for the whole night. Oh, <laughs> no, really? Yeah. Oh no, she was horrible to me. She deserved it. She's fine. <laughs> well, there, 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 there's another comment. I think it's a bit of both on what you said, Vicky, about the man who holds the theory that some brains have traits of serial killers. Therefore, my mm. theory is that the possibility of our brains to get triggered by events throughout life. There you yes. go. Just come on now. Okay. Yeah. Hey, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And sort of, yeah, the work that we were talking about is obviously work that is. Um, from a professional not just my opinion so yeah no take, definitely take his word not mine <laughs> but no, yeah i agree with that <laughs> yeah yeah we um we need to do this again it's been fun no uh, yeah that has rude not to really <laughs> is that your sister again she's put you did with lots of exclamation marks <laughs> Yeah, that probably will be. <laughs> that probably will be. She hasn't had a decent night's sleep since. <laughs> no, she hasn't. Like, that's not for me, though. That's from the boys now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll her. take my step back. But no, that has been lovely. So um, thank you, obviously, for everyone watching as well. And thank you to both of you for making it um, enjoyable for me, as much as it's been a bit of a gory topic. It's always nice having a chat. But we didn't go into any details, so it wasn't that gory. No, obviously with the times, we tried to keep it like brief yeah. and um, Be before yeah. the watershed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, after nine o'clock, go for it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, well, we've got half an hour. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> do a midnight one; it'll be a massive free for all. Yeah, oh, well, we've got our um. Our paranormal investigation, obviously, um, that will be assisting Daryl on yet. So that could be a midnight midnight broadcast whenever Daryl can get set up and going. Yeah, definitely oh. come somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll hold the coats. Nice. Oh, fingers crossed. Pardon? I'll hold the coats. <laughs> no, it's all right. You can hold my hand at the back, Julie. Okay, thank you. <laughs> we'll do and, that. Andy's got to protect us both. Oh, blimey. <laughs> you can be at the front with Daryl. 
Yeah, Daryl can protect me. Lovely. There you go. We're all always on a happy circle. There you go. Daryl, you've got a job on your hands now. Right. I will um yeah, I'll leave obviously I wish you all a good night and a good evening as well. Um but yeah, look forward to reading the comments and obviously any feedback as well. Yeah, we'll get straight okay, on to Facebook. You. Catch up soon, yeah? Yeah. Take, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye